This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Can't get enough of the fan in the morning? Shown up. Because this is nothing like that. Working. Alan and Jerry are here with stories they'd never get to cover on the morning show. Very sexy robot. Hey, look at that pig. Shenanigans. Naked yoga. My mother had a bad experience with these ghosts. Let's hump the fence. It's Alan Jerry's post-game podcast. Hey, hey, what do you say we do a podcast? Al Dukes, how the F are you, my man? Good morning, Jerry. Did you see it was snow flurrying this morning? Mm, I don't uh, know if you saw that. Maybe you were we're, in, uh, you're in Manhattan. Uh, you're in uh, Bradley Beach. I'm in Manhattan. There have been no yeah. snow flurries here. I've been looking at We had window. some snow here. Cars were covered, but that was it. The, the beach was covered. Cars were covered, but uh, it's exciting. It's, oh. uh, we're, we're, we're approaching the worst month of the year, which I, is February. I think you might have to change your plans and just stay in. <laughs> Instead of going out and partying like I normally do, Jerry. <laughs> Instead of driving to work and going out every day. Do you think I'll be gone a year? Yes. March 20th yep. will be my one-year anniversary. Yeah, I think until... Like I think Eddie until, will get the, the... Until Eddie's vaccinated. Right. And then I, my sister just got vaccinated today. Oh, great. She is a stage four cancer survivor, so she was able to get on the list. Um uh, so she says she won't be good. They tell her for six weeks. Yeah, because then you get the second shot, right? Yeah, and then I guess that the amount of time it takes you to for it to take effect, it's like right. a six week period from the time you get your shot till the time you can uh, party like a rock star. Yeah, no, I have no doubt that you're going to be out of here. I was figuring you'd be right, you'd be back right around April. Hmm. And March fifth of this year is my twentieth anniversary with the company. So a lot of um, a lot of milestones coming up. Yeah, well, and that's funny you say that because January twenty seventh, I believe. Oh, so just in a we're a week away. Yeah, January twenty seventh. I started January twenty seventh, nineteen ninety seven. So what's that? Twenty one. That's twenty four years for me. Wow. With this radio station, not the company. Right. So yeah, that's coming that's impressive. up. Impressive. Me and I believe me and Erica Herskowitz started on the same day. Right. I've heard that before. Yeah, same day. How about that? Hey, good for you. Yeah. I have two stories, Jerry. Which one do you want first? I have a story involving monkeys, and I have a story (laughs) involving dinosaur buttholes. (laughs) Jesus, God help me. These are the two two big stories of the day. Oh, huge stories. All right, monkey? Okay, let's do monkeys first, Jerry. A colony of friendly monkeys are living near the Fort Lauderdale Airport right by a park-and-go where people park their cars uh, that are taking off on airplane trips. You don't say. Somebody started preserving some monkeys over there, and now they've grown a colony of them. The now, are they, is, are they, are they like, the, fenced in? Well, I guess no, that wouldn't work. They're loose. 
They're friendly monkeys, though. Uh, the guy who runs the park and go says he's not had any bad incidents with the monkeys. Time out. You're telling me <laughs> I'm going to go pay $15 a day to park my car or whatever, yes. and I might get greeted by monkeys. Correct. You might get greeted by monkeys. The guy said that the monkeys do come walking through the park and ride, the parking lot there, and that he advises all of his people that park their cars there not to leave their doors open with food in the car. I wonder because- if this hurts business or helps business. <laughs> I think it might help. Like, if you tell me I can go drop my car off before I go on a trip and I might have a monkey in the parking lot, I might might be interested in that. Could you imagine you get back to your car, you left a cup of coffee in there before you took off, you come back and the the monkey's in your car drinking the coffee? Right, and he's pooped everywhere. Oh, my God. How weird. When we hear about monkeys... You know, in the, certain countries, I believe, like India, other countries, the monk, there are areas where monkeys roam free, and they're and they're quite uh, destructive. They go into people's houses. They're constantly looking for food. They're like scavenger monkeys. But these monkeys seem like they're taken care of pretty good. That they're in good moods, happy well, monkeys. Happy monkeys are better than mean monkeys, <laughs> right? You this just is... better hope you don't end up with a bully monkey somewhere, right? Right. All it takes is one. That's it. One, ba- one, you one don't bad need, monkey. Right, you don't need much. Right, one bad monkey spoils the bunch. You don't need yes. much for this to go south in a hurry. Right. And the cops are all like, the police are all right with this, and the township is okay with yeah, this? Yeah, I guess so. The guy who runs the park and ride said that uh, he, he gives the monkeys bananas and peanuts, and <laughs> they seem quite happy. <laughs> wow. All right. Hey, listen, to each his own. I don't think I'll be using that park and ride anytime soon because I don't live in Fort Lauderdale, but... yeah. If you're good with it, I'm good with it. Be no different than uh, the well; those were baboons that were in the Great Adventure uh, oh, Safari drive-through back in the day that would yes. sit on top of your car and uh, try to eat your antenna. I don't think I ever went through that when the animals would come to your car. I, yeah. I've gone through it when it's been off the beaten path a little bit, and there aren't as many. Like we did it a few years ago, and I don't think it was what it used to be. Yeah, it's not the same. This used to be no barriers. Right. No, there's barriers now for sure. There would be a buffalo in the road. There would be, uh, I remember the ostriches and the monkeys, the baboons, they were baboons, not monkeys, were particularly aggressive. Yeah, well, they were trapped and they were looking for food. <laughs> well, I'm sure they were. well fed there. I'm sure they were, but at the end of the day, I'm sh- like, you're well fed too. Do you not get hungry once in a while? Yeah, I look for food. And what do you do when you're hungry? I walk around opening the cabinets in the fridge. Last time I checked, they didn't have refrigerators. No, they don't. (laughs) So, you know what? It doesn't take much for a baboon at Great Adventure to, off schedule, be hungry. And they had those off-putting really red buttocks. (laughs) Off-putting for you, I suppose. Yeah, like an (laughs) off-putting red bare-furred butt. You know what I think of when I think of the time of... Those baboons and the you know the the great adventure safari drive. I think of the people, and I think our par- I think my parents had one too. The people that had the vinyl half roofs. Yes, and they how were very many popular in the seventies? Yes, and how many people must have gone through there thinking, oh, this will be fun, nothing will happen, and then the animals rip through the, <laughs> the vinyl yeah. roof. They just would like chew it up, and it'll look like your car had a crew cut when it, yes. when it exited, <laughs> and you come out, and the car looks like it's all beat up. <laughs> I wonder what the final straw was where Great Adventure went, you know what, it's, we can't with these monkeys, these baboons anymore. Like, My guess would be a lawsuit. To, yeah, right. 
I mean, I know when you go through it, you probably sign off on it. But at the end of the day, I don't know what that paper means. And I'm sure there have there has to have been lawsuits that ended that. Well, there was a time when, first of all, you the the baboons were the last thing before you exited. Okay, they'd have to make sure they they'd have to check your car to make sure one wasn't hiding under your muffler. Oh, my God. Then there was a time when when I guess they took some precaution where you could exit before you got to the baboons if you wanted to. But. Honestly, most people went for the baboons. Did they ever lose an animal? Lose a baboon? Like in Jackson, New Jersey, just running around? Yeah. Like was there ever a lion that escaped and was, you know, running down routes at whatever, was that 79 or 520? What road is that? 537? Yeah. I I wonder if that's ever happened. I don't know about a lion getting out. Lions and tigers and bears, oh my... Interesting. I am in front of a computer. I can always check. Okay, you Google that, Jerry, while I start to tell you about this other story, and you might want to Google this one, too. In the the UK, a lot of times we like to do some UK news on the podcast as well as United States news. They found the first fully preserved dinosaur butthole. I mean, what is it? First of all, who's preserved? There was a runaway baboon, by the way. What year? Does it have a year on that? I'm, I'm, I'm looking. So it was it was escaped for three days. In Jackson, New in Jersey? Jack, escaped baboon spotted, uh, spotted in Jackson and Freehold. It looks like it was in 2011. I wonder how they got it back. It was the park's only animal escape. Wow, one baboon. He probably hung out under a car. Whoa, a tiger escaped into the woods in Jackson in 1999. Hmm. How about this? Yes, yeah, so How it's happened. That? All right. So I, oh, now who's preserving this? No, but they found that it was preserved. Like they found, and, and you want to preserve any dinosaur find. They're saying it's the first, you know, they find dinosaur bones. Right. But this is the first butthole that they found from a dinosaur. Right, explain to me intact. what that, what does that mean? Well, you know what a butthole is. I guess the... <laughs> The amazing thing about this is the headline is mm-hmm. exactly what you're saying. What's it say, the headline? Read it. it says, this is the headline on LiveScience.com. Seems yeah, like a legit so website. It is a legit website. The headline is, first preserved dinosaur butthole is, is perfect and unique. Yeah. <laughs> That's from a paleontologist. Right. I mean, in that world, this is huge news. It had you a multi-purpose opening. Yeah. What other, uh, you know, was, uh, <laughs> it was for, for excrement? It was for pooping, peeing, breeding, and egg laying. Breeding? Yeah. Oh, I guess by the egg laying part. It was called the cloacal vent. Like when a chicken lays an egg, that, does, does, that doesn't come I out its know. butthole. I have no idea. I'm I would not think even gonna... it comes out of the chicken vagina. <laughs> Does, well, Eddie's going to have a good time mining this Does a chicken have that? I don't even know. I don't know. Well, I'm sure, I don't think they poop out an egg. I mean, I'd have to check, but... I, I'm not Googling it. I'm sorry. I can't. <laughs> I cannot. That's fair. You don't I'm reading Google about that. this um, the back end. What are they going to do with it? I, I, I guess preserve it in some sort of... Uh, I guess they'll fill it with formaldehyde or something? I I don't know. I have no idea. But they're legitimately, like, you're reading that in a real article. They're legitimately excited about it. I'm sure they are. I mean, you're talking about, so they're saying that this this butt was from the Pistacosaurus, 
and it mm-hmm. lived somewhere between 145 to 65 million years ago. Right. Think about that. And the thing's just been sitting there in the earth. Right. That is preserved. Really it got amazing. preserved. I, uh, I don't know how they dug it up or if they knew it was there or if somebody was putting a pool in and came out with a, a, a dinosaur butthole instead. I do always wonder about that. Like if you, you bring in the, you know. Excavations. Equipment. Yeah, and they start digging up the earth in your backyard. I wonder what percentage of, or, not orders, but how many percentage of jobs that they have come up with something either unrecognizable that they're curious about recognizable or how many body bones they come up with yeah yeah i I think if you're if you're doing any sort of digging and you come up with bones you got to call somebody well you're supposed to call somebody doesn't mean you do right and then do you think too i mean at some point the world's going to you know do away with humans do you think when the next grouping of life comes through Earth? Okay. Do you think like all of our dead bodies are going to turn up like this? Like instead of finding dinosaur buttholes, they're going to be like, uh, today uh, the the new civilization discovered human buttholes preserved from well, however they 2020. Talk, I don't know that they'll be talking English. I mean, it might be aliens speak at that point. Right. Never know. Or robots. How would that like sound? Robotic. I'm uh... Or the classic, uh, we may go revert back to caveman. We <laughs> I love that one. Exactly. <laughs> so we that don't one's know. funny to me. Uh, but, but once our civilization is gone, they will eventually find one of our buttholes and be excited about it. <laughs> <laughs> Did Jetty have fun with that? I mean, my God, man. Yeah. And again, we're just reading from the story. But yeah, like, yeah, I don't know how long it'll be, but think about all the human remains that will be found at some point. Right. Tons. What a, what a horrible thought. Ugh. Yeah. Okay. Right. We're still finding dinosaur bones. Yes. And, and you're talking about millions of years ago, not 1840. I, right. I just said between 65 million and 145 million years ago. That is right. ridiculous. Yeah. And those bones survived, you know, whatever hit this earth and destroyed life. Meteor. Those bones didn't disintegrate. They continue to find them in the year 2021. Right. That's unbelievable to me. It goes to, tell me, it goes to show me, too, there's got to be unbelievable gold and treasure still somewhere from the ancient times. Yes. Well, that's why people sometimes go looking for digging no, no, I know. treasure. I'm just saying, I, I, my guess would be that there's still tons and tons of it out there. Right. And, you know, I know people, it's their life work to find it so they can hit it big. I mean, I guess, would you consider that hitting it big or would you consider that being rewarded for the work you've put in? If you find one of these uh, dinosaur yeah. bones? Or gold from, you know, 5,000 years ago. I think you're being rewarded for the work you've put in. Yeah, I agree with that. Especially now, like I feel like we found so many of these bones. Like when you this summer put the black socks on and the flip flops and the cool looking glasses, and you take your metal detector mm-hmm. out to the beach as soon as the show's over at ten a.m. and you're walking around, you probably have the dark lenses too, so you can stare at the yeah. women in the bikinis, the mirrored uh, glasses. Yeah, and then you're searching for quarters and coins. Mm-hmm. Like I think at the end of the day, if you make twelve dollars, like you earn that. Yeah, I would. Same thing with the gold from 5,000 years ago. Right. I would love to find a preserved dinosaur butthole on Bradley Beach. 
I mean, I would be in the science magazines. I would be heralded by. Who would you call? Scientists. Like, uh, who would you call in that scenario? I'd probably call Eddie and say, who do I, who do you think I could talk to? Right. I don't want someone to come in and take it. And then all of a sudden there. Now, does that excite Eddie or is he more of the alien realm? No, if, if I found a dinosaur butthole on Bradley Beach, he'd be like, holy cow. So Eddie would be into the dinosaur butthole. I think he would, yeah, just the, for the history of it. You're probably right about that. The history and the preservation of it. He is a unique person. Yeah, How absolutely. Did we just do a podcast on loose monkeys and dinosaur buttholes? <laughs> uh, well, monkeys taking over a park and ride in Florida and buttholes. I think the dog's got to go out. Yeah, she's squealing over there. Yeah. All right, we'll do the warm-up show now for you, and we'll see you tomorrow on a Thursday. Oh, are you out tomorrow, Jerry Reckler? I am out tomorrow. I'm going All to right. Penn State today for Penn a game State. tomorrow. Okay, then we'll see you over oh, for a Friday. So tomorrow, no podcast. Okay. You won't be here, and I, we got those Mark Chernoff meetings, so which always pushes everything way back, and the dog yes. can't hold her, hold herself. Okay. Uh, so then we'll do one Friday this week. Sounds good. All right, we'll see you tomorrow. So Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. All right, here we go. A couple minutes after 5 o'clock. What do you say we do a warm-up show? Testing, testing. I am in New York City. You hear him testing himself down the <laughs> Jersey Shore. I will tell you this before we get started, that there are certain days that this man has it right by not leaving his home because today was an absolute disaster coming in with a detour through Staten Island that made no sense whatsoever and then being approached by a weird-looking man when I was stopped at a traffic light about a block away from work made me think I should turn around and go back home. That having been said, to the smart man down the Jersey Shore, Al Hal Dukes. What's up, man? Good morning, Jerry. What did the odd man, when he approached you, was he? did he have a question for you? Was he curious what you were doing he in was, town? So I was at the light a block away, and... He sees me in the car, and he's just standing there on the sidewalk on the corner, and he starts pointing at me, and I try to ignore him, but he's like, you. I'm like, I'm like all right, it's me. You. He goes, <laughs> you, I, sir. He goes, I need some help. Can you help me? Mm-hmm. Nope. And nope. I just made a left on red and took off. I'd be like, I hit he up 911. I'd hit up, uh, I'll hit up 911 for you, my friend, but uh, I'm not going to stick around for but that. But there was nothing happening. Yeah. Well, he was uh, looking for, maybe he's looking to chat, Jerry. Maybe he looked, no, he looked like trouble is what he trouble. looked like. Looking I like trouble, Jerry. There's trouble all around Plus, us. what are you doing at 4 o'clock in the morning? It's bad enough I already got stuck for 20 minutes on a dumb detour. Right. And I got here much later than normal. Oh. But I don't need this. I think it's 4 o'clock. Go home, go to bed. And did I miss the show open, or did was there a no, technical no, difficulty? No, there was technical di- All right. difficulties. All right, Jerry. Well, listen. Yesterday, this is where Eddie should play my mistake. I apologize my for mistake. himself one damn time, but that's okay. Um, yesterday, Jerry, when I awoke from my alarm, I saw that the Mets uh, general manager had uh, sent uh, Schween photos. Uh, this morning when I awoke from my slumber, I see that the Mets have lost out on George Springer. Yes. And you always say, well, we always say, never have two bad days in a row. Everyone's 
Everyone deserves a bad day. I don't think it's the worst day in the world. Yesterday was bad. I agree. It's two bad days in a row, though. They didn't put together. They put together back to back. Jackie Bradley Jr. No, it's not. Jackie Bradley Jr. Yeah, they. This team does not need the offense. This team needs to be good up the middle, and I think they will be if they end up with someone like that. Like I don't think this is a finished product yet. Do you think Met fans in general? If I were to do a percentage, if I were to do a Twitter poll and say, "Are you disappointed that the Mets did not get George Springer?" What percentage do you think would be yes? Very disappointed. I would say sixty forty. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to do that poll once the show starts. Yes, absolutely. I, d- I definitely think the majority, yes, will say that. But I also don't think that the season's over now, that they did not come away with Jack- with uh, George Springer. Yeah, I saw Evan on the Twitter didn't seem all that bent out of shape about it. Oh, is that true? Yeah. No, I'm Be- saying he didn't seem yeah, all no, no, that no. bent I out of I would have shape. actually expected that he was. No, um, he seemed to take it in stride. There ha- And the only reason I say 60-40 and not more, and this is only going by the Met fans that I talk to, in my life, uh, there are a certain amount of Met fans and baseball fans that will sit there and say, "Well, he played on the Astros. He cheated. How do we know he really is what he what he was?" Right. We don't want. We don't. Jerry, I don't know if you know this, but we don't deal in cheaters here. Uh, well, please, every team's got cheaters, so let's knock that crap off. But this is this is what Evan Roberts tweeted. I hope the Blue Jays get George Springer. Mets will have flexibility to fill multiple spots, and I'm skeptical they'd be able to also pay Conforto uh, next mm, winter. That's exactly where I was going, because Conforto, who had a big season, well, I mean, it was 60 games, but played well and has played well. If he's the next big ticket that you want to keep, you know, I mean, you've got you've got Pete Alonso on this team. You guys going to have to get paid at some point, assuming that he sticks around. You've got Michael Conforto on this team. He's going to have to get paid at some point, and yes, the new owner is, you know, filthy rich and all that, but he's also not a dumb businessman. You're not just going to, you know, go millions and millions and millions above the threshold. You're going to do it the smart way because, as we have learned, just spending the most does not guarantee you a damn thing. So I, I definitely think your your poll will prove a majority of Met fans will be disappointed, but I don't think it's going to be 90-10. I, I don't think so. See, in my head, I'm thinking 75-25. You might, Al, by 10 o'clock, you might be, what's the number we're going to get to, 2,000 people? I like to get to... Uh, 1,200? 1,200, 1,500 votes. It doesn't change much after that. You might be very right. Flegelman, he's, a, he's about as big a Met fan as there is. Ooh, Turn the okay. microphone on. Let's see him. He loves Taylor Swift is as well. Is this a terrible day for the Mets that they didn't get George Springer? I can't hear him. It's dis- It's disappointing, Jerry. Got to turn the mic on, Mike. I did. Sure. I, oh. <laughs> um, no, it's not that big a deal because they already got Lindor. They got the best offensive player that was moved this offseason. There you go. All right, well, that's one. All right. All right. Well, we'll Evans say, another. Very, There's two. Yeah, I'm very curious about nothing. the poll. Do the poll. Poll. Oh, I'll do, do the a poll. poll. Jerry, I have the, uh, do not threaten me to do a poll because I will do a poll uh, in a blink of an eye. I'm not threatening you at all. I just This was your idea. I am backing your idea for the poll. All right. So if you're waking up, George Springer is going to the Blue Jays, which is so silly. Like, that's not even a real, like, go to a real baseball team, like a team that bleeds baseball, a team that exudes history in baseball. Fred McGriff wasn't like history? Well, no. I mean, like baseball's not even a Canadian sport. You know, if he was going to sign with the Yankees, if he was signing with the Red Sox, the Cubs, the Dodgers, these are all historically awesome teams to go to. They're two-time World Series winners? No, not the Marlins. That's exactly the Marlins that may as well go to the Blue Jays. You don't like progress, do you? No. 
I like old school, Jerry. <laughs> Jerry, I'm old school. When I like, when I look well, at teams, so what I don't would want... you have sold on? What would you have said in 1962? Then what's with these Mets? This is yeah. not baseball. This is what I don't like. <laughs> Any teams that came in after the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Seattle Seahawks—they're the last. <laughs> they were the last. They were the last franchises that I consider real franchises. Any franchises in baseball or football or basketball that have come after the Buccaneers and the Seahawks in 1976 still seem like so that's expansion your line teams. in the sand. Well, the that's Blue my Jays line in the do sand. Not seem like an expansion team. Stop it. <laughs> I'm just, I'll, but, I'll give you a couple of these teams. I mean, not the Blue Jays. No, but it just feels weird to lose out to the Blue Jays cuz According to many baseball insiders whom I follow, Jerry, they all said only the Blue Jays and Mets are in on this. So we lost to the Blue the Jays. Teams aren't spending money. The Blue Jays gave them six years, well, one hundred fifty. Let me ask you this. Yeah, you're a you're a big time radio producer. Certainly. And let's say you've got an opportunity to go to. I don't want to say I don't want to be silly. I don't want to say Iowa. I don't want to say anything like that. Toronto sports talk. Yeah, but it's the the money is it's not exactly the same. All right. Let's say you had a chance to go to Charlotte, Charlotte to make five hundred thousand dollars a year. Sweet. Or you could come to New York and make three fifty. Hmm. Where are you? Great going? question, Jerry. I'm going to is Charlotte. <laughs> They'll be like, now wait a second. <laughs> now you can't. You. <laughs> You were supposed to say Charlotte's not a real city. It's New York. It's not. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> you you're just right. Took, no, so he got. I just George Springer deal. <laughs> because I believe he got 150 in Toronto. And I he don't did. know. The, and I think the Mets were offering 120. Now, Correct. listen, $120 million is a lot of money. He can't I'm, live on that, Jerry. But you're talking a difference of $30 million bucks, And I mm-hmm. don't know. I'm not going to be boomer here. I don't know the whole tax situation. Maybe he also didn't want to come to New York. Who knows? Right. I mean, you're not exactly the biggest advocate for New York. You're <laughs> Good not. point. And you were just approached by a man yes. at 4 oh, o'clock the in the morning. So I listen. You know what? The Mets are going to be just fine. They've made okay. good moves this uh, this offseason so far. Moves. And I don't think they're done. And they still right, have the fair pitching. Enough. So I think we're all good. I can't believe you just picked Charlotte. That is tremendous. Yeah. Uh, something that came up on uh, Carton and Roberts yesterday afternoon, yeah, in, in which Craig in particular was hammering this fella, and I agree with it. Which and, and fella? This Jeff Passan. Okay. And I agree with what Craig was saying, and I I checked uh, Jeff Passan's Twitter this morning, and he has not responded. The Jeff Passan is the fella at uh, ESPN, baseball writer, who broke the story of Jared Porter and these text messages and the harassment and that sort of thing. And based on his story, we realize that they've been that Jeff and others have been sitting on this story since 2017. Right, which we talked about yesterday. Yes. Which we talked about yesterday. But in December of this past year, Jeff Passan took to Twitter to endorse Jared Porter coming to the Mets. Really? Really. I didn't know that part of the story. Oof. So Craig was saying, in questioning, if you knew this, why would there's you can still do your job and not endorse him. You could say Mets are talking Absolutely. to Absolutely. But he endorsed him. So he gave a good opinion. And a, yes. Wow. That's a bad Which one. I didn't know that. Very interesting. Yeah. So I was curious when I took to Twitter this morning to see if if Jeff Passan had uh, responded to that. 
he you know, did not. It's one on thing social media at least. It's one thing to know that story or at least think you know the story. Right. right? So it's not your story. You've heard rumblings, but then it's not confirmed and he is the best man for the job and you endorse him. That's fine. But if that's your story and you've got all the details and facts and then you endorse the guy prior to killing him, that's right. a, that's a tough one. That's a weird one. That is a and he's a good reporter. That is I don't know. Is that almost unethical? That's a weird one, isn't it? And we like Jeff Pass. Yes. No, he's he's really good at what he does. Yeah. Wow. I, I didn't know that part. I did not know that. And the Mets also yesterday, Mr. Sandy Alderson in the press conference, uh, probably accidentally, but revealed to the country that this woman came to the United States from, which was previously not being discussed. So that was a little bit of a boo-boo on the Mets part as well. Hmm. Not a great, How about that? Not a great uh, story and day all around. How about that? Bad day yesterday. Bad day all around. Yeah, it was. In this world that we're living in right now, and to and again, I don't know that the Mets you know, knew anything, but to get blindsided by this, to have to completely you know, shift and turn and try now, and they're not going to replace him, it doesn't sound like, at right. least not right now, it's not gonna change the way they do business but it's just it's just i don't know puts a it just ruins their plans at the moment that's all hmm. what a strange day i mean plans really. and ruined. then Kyrie came back was talking about all sorts of different things Kyrie came back jerry that's right it is man a lot of stuff going on right now think about when we were doing this show in april mm-hmm. the things we were talking about and how incredibly busy sports news and game-wise it's been over the last couple of weeks. I think we were breaking down Tiger King, the Netflix documentary yeah. about that crazy guy with Every all day. the tigers down in Florida. Yeah, Joe Exotic, who's in uh, jail Joe now. Exotic, yeah. Yes, that was that was getting... Here's Here was my day. Free Joe Exotic. My day was cutting clips of Tiger King and going and trying to find podcasts that had guests on them so that we could have some sort of sound and audio. And now, Jerry, there are... Big time stories in football, yeah. baseball, basketball. I kept saying Everywhere. things about this Hughes fella in hockey last yeah, night. Yeah, Jack Hughes, two goals. Jack Devils Hughes, beat the Rangers. How about that? Yeah, I, and every time I start getting like Hughes tweets that are just about Hughes, I'm like, I guess this Jack Hughes fellow was doing something last night. Jack Hughes. Jack Hughes. Yeah, was, I actually had that game on for almost all of it. it was pretty really? Good. Well, yeah. I mean, it was actually a really good game, and the Rangers. I mean, they 50, 50, I forget what it was, around 50 shots on goal. Mackenzie Blackwood played well, but Devils off to a nice little start, 2-0-1-1. Rangers now 1-2. and two, so I was watching a mood. I was watching Night Stalker on uh, Netflix. I've heard a lot about that show. Yeah, someone, I watched episode one. I don't remember who. Someone good. just asked me about that or told me to watch that, and I haven't, I haven't gotten to it. Listen, I just watched the Tiger Woods thing. It's enough. Right. It's enough with the TV. Maybe this weekend I'll watch something. But the Tiger Woods story had no murders in it. Uh, so no. Different. But there was there was a 911 call. There were 911 calls. There was intrigue. There was mystery. Yes, and it's, it was Tiger, so it was fun to watch. But i got to say, this uh, Night Stalker seems like a real creep. Huh? Oh, shocking. <laughs> Why just am a, I surprised? Just a creep. <laughs> All right, first break of the hour. We're just getting started. It is Alan Jerry. It's the warm-up show until we take you to Boomer and Geo at 6 on The Fan. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. 
And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Al and Jerry, the wonder twins of WFAN. All right, 523, uh, very strange. So just to circle back really quick on this Jared yeah. Porter thing. So did you you get did you get the video the person sent you? I did, and I did dig into it a little more, Jerry. This is what I don't understand. So I guess right. I, I, so I guess Passon's claiming that ESPN did not sit on the story. The problem I have is in the ESPN article, it says in December 2017, ESPN obtained the messages after being alerted to their existence. So, he, yeah, he, I, I think I've gotten to the bottom of this. So, one, as far as, quote, unquote, sitting on the story or not, Jeff is correct in saying that you don't tell the story until the victim wants you to tell the story. It's her story to tell, and she did not want to tell the story. Understood. Not arguing okay. that point at all. So evidently, then Jeff says he was not made aware of the story until he got to ESPN and until after he made those claims about Jared Porter being a good fit for the Mets, that evidently Mina Kimes is the one who had the story for a long time. The problem I have with it is it is being sold as a Jeff Passan story. It is. Not a Mina Kimes story. Yes. She's the one who had it all these years then she should be the one getting credit for breaking this story. I totally understand what they're saying, that they didn't want to put the story out in 2017 because the victim did not want the story told, and I get that 100%. Yeah, me too. But I- what what it feels like and what it felt like in all the reporting on this, including the story itself, is that Jeff knew this back in 2017. He's saying he did not know until he got to ESPN. But he's been at ESPN for a while. Yeah. The Mets just hired Jared Porter. Right. Ooh, and it's not, and, and for, maybe we're just, maybe it's it's just the language. The issue right. more so is if you knew about these text messages and supported Porter, so you knew them about the text messages or you just found out about them as well this week? Correct. That's that is the story. So use Let's the language the or the words any way you want. Yeah. Held the story. To me, it's not about that. It's more because of the woman's want. That's fine. It's more of what did you know when you endorsed Porter for the job, a job he got not too long ago? He claims he did not know at the time. As the great Fred Durst might say, the great philosopher Fred Durst, it's all about the he said, she said. Bull bleep. What was the date by the Mets high? Do you remember? Uh, I'm not sure. Jared Porter was high. I I actually would like to find out the day he was hired by the Mets because, you know. I think I'd be a good lawyer. Jerry, looking back at your notes, would you say the date that he was hired? It looks like he, so he was hired. (laughs) <laughs> he was hired not even a month ago. Yeah. It was December 13th, so it's about a month and a week. All right. So, you, so you'd have to tell me then that he wasn't aware of all this five weeks ago? I guess, uh, yeah. I, I guess, guess it's possible. It's possible. But that's not the way it would appear. It did Right. It did not come across no. that way in the articles. Especially in the article, when the article's telling you they had the text message, an article that his name is on the byline for. 
I got to tell you, though, I was just listening to some um, audio and video from the Funhouse uh, fella. Who yes. Puts out a, this Jeff Passon was not happy with us. Not you and I, the, the, the you know. <laughs> yes. The right, well, we're shows. reacting to what happened yesterday. <laughs> the afternoon show's reporting. Well, what can I tell you? <laughs> another fun, another, well, another fun thing. That's not what, it, that's, this is not a fun thing. But another, I don't want this to be a report on the Carton and Roberts show, but I was locked in yesterday because they had Jen Sturger on. Why? Remember Jen Sturger? I do, yes. Was, I do. Uh, the, was the gal who uh, yes. Brett Favre sent Oh, now I see why. Schweiner picks, too. I got it. And uh, I got to tell you, that was in 2008. She was, st- like, I was surprised, and then when th- once thinking about it, really shouldn't be surprised, that that is still haunts her to this day. I would she, think it will forever. She was very emotionally upset Scarred. about it even yesterday. But the interesting thing that I thought she talked about, and Craig led her into this, but it, it was well done, is, you know, yesterday we saw a lot of women in journalism and broadcasting come to the very quick defense of this and, like, this is what we go through, this is what sure it's like. And as Jen Sturger says, in 2008, nobody came to her defense. No one helped her, yeah. No, none of the female broadcasters, reporters, journalists, you know, they kind of looked at her as a floozy. Well, I don't remember. I remember, I remember when she came in, and I remember the whole yeah. interview and everything, and I remember the whole deal. What what was she media wise at that point? She was hired by the Jets to do like the beginnings of like what's what the what all the teams do now with social media and and and, and filming and talking to the players and putting things on the website. That's and so she, she was, was a team reporter, basically. She was a team reporter, correct? Wow. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So it was. Uh... It was interesting. Yeah, I can imagine it was. Interesting stuff, Jerry. In other news, as you mentioned, Kyrie is supposed to return to the Nets tonight. He's supposed to play, is what I'm reading. He is going to play, yeah. Uh, They play Cleveland. Those are the Cavaliers. I'm not sure. Is that a real team? I mean, are we good with that? That's a real team, yeah. They've been around a long time. I'm just making sure. I'm just making sure. But, like, you know what's not a real team? Charlotte or New Orleans or (laughs) Pelicans. That's (laughs) not a real team. I don't like New Orleans because the team name is stupid. Stupid. (laughs) Who wants to be a Pelican? And the fact that they got Zion Williamson, that just stinks all around. Like, that guy was, like, the greatest player coming out that year, and then he gets to go to a team like that doesn't even feel like it feels like a team from a movie. It'll it will feel like well, like you know the Mighty Ducks. It will feel yeah, like a team Ducks. when they get another player or two and they're really good. That's when it'll feel like a team. Right now, they still feel like you're right, one of those fake teams. Yeah, <laughs> even though he's something to watch. Now, Kyrie was a little vague in his explanation, uh, saying that he had a lot of family and personal stuff and needed a pause. Yeah. Needed have, to take a pause. This one, I'm gonna give. I'm gonna play you one thing because I, I actually went through this. Oh, I think I ended it. up with. You're gonna hear a lot of Kyrie because when I got in, that's the one thing that I did do. I didn't realize we had. Um, I went to the Nets website and I was able to get the 10 minutes that he spoke to the media, yeah. and so I got like 30 clips here. So we're gonna hear a lot of Kyrie. Nice. Um, this one, I don't know if this was because the way maybe it was Yes Network that put it up. No, I think it was the Nets. They put it up in like different four minute chunks as opposed to one straight 12 or 13 minute press conference. Right. So I don't know if this is the very end, the beginning. I'm not sure. But all I'll tell you listen to this question, and then I'm going to tell you what the answer was. Eddie, can you put the uh, fader up for me? Hey, Kyrie, just wanted to ask you know, on a mental, maybe spiritual, emotional, even physical front, is, is everything okay with you? 
No answer. He just nodded his head and just gave no answer, and he looked sad. Emotionally invisible front. Yeah, it was It was interesting watching him and listening to him because there were times he looked angry. There were times, I swear, I thought he was going to start crying. Um, you can tell there was a lot going on in this guy's life. It was, yeah, it was, it was interesting. Something else he said, he said, when things become overwhelming in life, you've just got to take a step back and realize what's important. Yeah. There's no question about that. Yeah, I was thinking about this yesterday because we've all had things happen where we've had to step away for a day, two, or three. And it's, you know what? You get your vacation time every year. You get to use it. If you play on one of these, I mean, you think about, like, our expectations of a player. And it's like, oh, his wife's having a baby? Get back out there. You know, whereas if it happens to us, you know what? I'm going to take a few days off. In certain cases, they take weeks off <laughs> with paternity leave. Yeah, um, and paternity leave. But, you know, like in my case, you know, for when Matthew and Joseph were born, I didn't take weeks and weeks off, but I definitely took, I want to say, at least three days each, maybe even four, just to kind of, you know, be at home and figure it out. And, you know, in this day and age, because we're all nuts over the sports, if someone has, a wife has, has a baby and you're in the playoffs, the the disgusting thought is she'll be fine. Get on the field. Yeah. I, really, right? Yep. And so he clearly has family first and whatever else is on his mind. But it was really, really interesting watching him because if you're going to read body language, like I said, I couldn't tell if he's tremendously mad, sad, or somewhere in the middle. There are people, and, and we've seen them, uh, we see them mostly on social media, but there are people who take – the things going on in life that are not directly affecting you, that you're not directly involved in, but when watching the news, it really affects them. Yeah. He seems to, that seems to happen with him. I would agree. I totally would agree because he takes things to heart. He seems like the type of person who really is trying to make a change somehow, some way. The one thing he said a couple of times was that he is. I know I'm, I'm paraphrasing. I don't remember the exact words, but it was something along the lines of he's taken like like a personal responsibility to try to help the underserved. And he was talking about, you know, how he has done so well because of basketball and basketball has given him the money and the platform. And he feels a responsibility to those that really can't help themselves. Essentially, it's very admirable. It really is. The problem is we're all a bunch of meatheads that are, you know, great. Now go hit a three pointer. You know, I, it's it's interesting. He seems like one of those guys you just referenced. Yeah, I, yeah. We all have people in our lives where we where they get so affected by watching the news that we say to them, "You got to turn the news off. You yes. got to put social media down." You know, I'll because, use <laughs> because it becomes overwhelming and too much, and you think the the world is crashing in on yes. you and everybody else. But I will say that having. What's strange is the longer this has gone on, the more I'm on Kyrie's side of things, which I don't know if that makes sense or not. The more of what goes on, him being away from the the team or the the craziness in the world? I guess the longer this goes on, to hear some explanation at least, and as you said, to be able to visually see him being mad, being sad. Al, I will tell you the same thing I told you and I tried you know, selling to the guys, if that's the right word. Back in the summer with that whole uh, we don't need a coach comment in that podcast. Yeah. That podcast, I will say it again, with Kevin Durant and Eddie Rodriguez, I think is the co-host's name, was two hours long. 
And I'm telling you, we, of course, took out the 30 seconds that made headlines. But it was, I mean, it was a great listen. If you want to hear from someone that is, like, deep in thought and really tries to observe the world, and it, it was it was remarkable. But, again, it doesn't sell. It doesn't make headlines. Headlines are we're making fun of the guy that got hired. He's not a coach. I understand that. But there were so many good, positive things and messages that he gave in that two hours. It's a shame that most people didn't go listen to it. And I think it's exactly what you're talking about now. Maybe the more this goes on, maybe it becomes more of, you know, flashing, you know, uh, flashing headlines that, you know, he's crying for help. And at some point we need to listen to him. Tonight versus Cleveland, Jerry, would you bet on a big night from Kyrie uh, an average night or a below average night? I would say above average, but he's not going to put up 50 like he did in his Nets debut last year. Hmm. I'll give you, here's a line, and then we'll take a break. I'll give you yeah. a line for Kyrie tonight. Mm-hmm. I'll go, he's going to play 26 minutes. I don't think he's going to play like a full 40. He hasn't been around for two weeks. 26 minutes, 21 points, hmm. seven assists. How about I'd like that? To, I'd like to see the points in the in the low 30s. Well, there's a lot of, there's a lot of star power there, so... If he if he puts up twenty one points in twenty six minutes, that's pretty damn good. Quick break, and again, Jerry, for the audience, I know, but the amount of minutes in a basketball game. I was just going to say this coming from a guy who thought an NBA <laughs> game was sixty minutes and the college <laughs> game was forty eight. Take it for what it's worth, everybody. <laughs> Five thirty six. Quick break. Back in a moment with a whole lot more, and then Boomer and Geo at the top on the fan. We all know baseball is a long season. I'm Brett Boone from the Brett Boone Podcast. This summer, take a trip down memory lane with me and hear from the legends of the game. So far this year, I've had conversations with Randy Johnson, Pete Rose, Deion Sanders. Plus, every week we look at the state of Major League Baseball, which teams are exceeding expectations, which ones are struggling to meet them. Follow and listen to the Brett Boone Podcast on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. And Jerry, two scientists responsible for the COVID-19 vaccine. Yeah, that's right. You better get on the list. Register today like I have, and so has Alan. I think Eddie has, too. Real quick, I find this one funny, and I think this goes to the respect factor for Patrick Mahomes. Mm -hmm. So Mac Wilson was the player that hit him the other day and concussed him. Concussed his head. And not long after Mahomes went out of the game, uh, his mom, Randy Mahomes, tweeted... Number 51, that's Mac Wilson. Evil never wins. <laughs> I like it. I love when moms are involved. Now, I'm not saying that you would go back and start yelling at the other person, but how about the fact he basically not issued an apology, but he went right back at her. No disrespect, mom. Just playing hard. I want to be as great as your son is essentially what he wrote to where she then replied, thanks. I know every player player out there is just trying their best. This mama bear just having a tough time watching it. And then That's he issued very respectful. Yeah, I like that. And then he issued some sort of apology on Twitter, and Mahomes retweeted it with the the muscle emoji. There like, you go. All good. Everyone's good, Jerry. I love I love sportsmanship. That was good sportsmanship. It was a clean hit. It was just unfortunate that he got hurt on it. Hey, we even had Miles Garrett shaking hands with Mason Rudolph, who he smacked That's upside right. the head with a helmet a year ago. Bygones. Be bygones and moving on. Moving on. Jerry, Robert Sala signed his paperwork yesterday. I, I, was, time. I always love that on uh, social media when they put out the pictures. It looks cool. Like he's all 
geared up in his Jets gear and he's sure. signing the paperwork. Yep. And he added a Miles Austin as wide receivers coach. Yes, that was we had guy, that yesterday. That was a guy who played for your Dallas Cowboys. Yep. Let me. What happened to that guy's career? Did he get hurt? He got hurt and fell off the face of the earth. He had that. If you remember, he had that breakout game in Kansas City, and then all of a sudden he became like he really was a great wide receiver for a short period of time. He got a big contract. He got hurt, and like that was the end of his career. It was yeah. quick. It was a quick rise and it was a quick fall. And, and here he is now as a coach. Yeah, oh, that's great. I, I, I see, like it. We had I say about eight thirty that came out yesterday, and you like the hire because he went to Monmouth, local kid. Um, you know what? And it's also another change. On the coaching staff, again, it's like a new, fresh look for this Jet team. So we got this uh, Miles Austin who played at Monmouth. We've got uh, Calabrese who played at East Islip and broke all the Boomers' yep. records. We're that? getting all yep. local guys here, Jerry. Yep, absolutely. Now, here's a story that I keep seeing over and over again. And as they say, Jerry, where there's smoke, there's fire. Usually although, is. Not always, but usually. Not always, but where there's smoke, there's fire. But where there's no buzz, I start to worry. All right. Is this buzz, no buzz? It's not technically buzz, no buzz, because the answer is no buzz, but there should be buzz. I keep seeing Josh McDaniels to the Eagles. And all the previous years, all anybody wanted was Josh McDaniels. Oh, my gosh. I'll tell you If Josh McDaniels could come out. Now no one seems to care. Because this is the boy that cried wolf type of deal. Is that right? So until he signs on the dotted line, no one's going to believe he's taking the job first. Even if he agrees to it. Remember what he did with the Colts? That was him, right, with the Colts? That was with the Colts. He took the job and then backed out. So I did that with a radio job in Buffalo. Yes, and no one cared then for you either. And nope. marriages. And marriages. <laughs> wow. That was quick. Twice. <laughs> he was ready for it. <laughs> oh my gosh. That was like, he was just wait. It was almost as God. if he was waiting for an opening there today. Oh my word. <laughs> that was funny. <laughs> Yeah, I think there's no buzz to it because it's he's not he hasn't been hired, number one. Number two, even if they agree in principle to the deal, he hasn't signed the paperwork like he did in Indianapolis. <laughs> right, so wake us for the press conference. Could it also be that they had not a good year and no one's interested anymore? Um, That's a great question, and Cam Newton didn't play well. And maybe. I think it's more the fact, oh, here we go again with Josh McDaniels. You know, I think there's a sense, at least for me, there's a sense of, do you want to be a head coach or don't you? You know? Right. So it's like, all right, I hear Josh McDaniel's name. Great. Let me know if he actually becomes the head coach. Right. So you're saying once we know what we need, Jerry, we need to see what we saw from Robert Sala yesterday. Him signing paperwork in yeah. the Eagles gear, then we'll believe. Yes, absolutely. Listen, your kid call, you don't have a kid. But your girlfriend calls you and you know, in a desperate plea of help. You run to her real quick. What do you need? You know, the milk is sour. Could you run out and get me another gallon of milk? Right. What? Then the next day, she's crying for help. You think, oh, my God, what's wrong? And you run over again. What's up? Bread stale. Could you run to the, the Cumberland Farms and get me a loaf of bread? <laughs> and then the third day, she does it. And you're like, all right, you know what? I'll get to it when I get to it because she's probably out of coffee. And then it turns out there's a, you know, the water pipe burst in her house. But it's like you didn't believe her. It's the right. same thing here. The same we don't believe thing. you, Josh McDaniels. No, let me know when the water pipe bursts and he becomes a head coach. All right. I still don't think there'll be buzz, but I think really? he's done that to himself. Yeah, he's done that to himself. Yeah. He did that to himself. Then when Brady left and they stunk, You know where there could have been buzz, interest. Al? Here's where there could have been buzz. If he took the jet job. Yeah. Right. But you go New to York the Eagles. Buzz. Eh. 
Yeah. Out of no the buzz. conference. Right. Not a rival. Nope. Good luck to you. That'd be great, though, if he did go to the Eagles because the Giants always could figure out how to beat Josh McDaniels. There you go. Maybe That's now they'll, they'll turn the tables on the Eagles going yeah, forward. Yeah, table turning time. You never know. Jerry, Sarah Thomas will become the first woman official in Super Bowl history. Now, That's this cool. to me is very cool. And I also think it goes to show that, hmm, how do I want to say this? The fact that we have a woman referee in the Super Bowl, and this is not a crazy, amazing story, goes to show how well women have done at the pro level in officiating. Because it's not a story. Because we expect her to go out there and do a good job. You've got a ton of women officials in the NBA. You don't even think about it anymore because they're excellent at what they do. You've got women officials in the NFL, excellent at what they do. So to me, I think this is. I think that it's great that this is not. It's a weird thing what I'm saying, and it's a compliment. I'm saying it is a huge story, but I love the fact that we're not going overboard with it because it shows me that we've gotten to a point that, yeah. Of course, they're doing a great job. Does that make sense? Become an official, like I'm gonna. I want to Google her story. Well, the first thing you'd want to do, Al, I do know this. The first thing you'd want to do is you want to make sure that you know how long each game is. Mm -hmm. That's first things first. That's probably first day of class, right? So, if you want to be an NBA official, I I think you should probably figure out that an NBA game is 48 minutes. I feel like I could be an NFL official, like Sarah Thomas, or an umpire. Have you ever been on the sideline of an NFL game and seen the speed and the violence? Uh, You would wet yourself. I have, and and I, I, I yes. And that's why when we and I'm the first one that does it. When we kill these officials for missing a call that happens in a fraction of a second, and then we see how many times they actually get these calls right, I wish people could go actually witness this in real time. I'll never forget. I took my dad, uh, my brother, actually. I was able to get my brother a pass for just like five minutes um, early first quarter Giants-Cowboys back in 2004 when I was doing pregame and postgame. You know, there was a million people down there? Yes. So I was able for, like I said, five minutes he went down. And it was the first time I was on the sideline of an NFL game. I've always been in the booth. I've never been on the sideline. I was blown away how fast and violent the game was and how incredibly large all these guys were. Yeah. It was, I, I remember walking back in the tunnel, like, how do you officiate that? That's hard, man. It's tough to do. Yeah, I saw that up close and personal. Uh, Jaguars, Dolphins. When I was down in Florida, I was in the uh, standing in the back of the end, uh, behind the end zone. You know, it was the like the last two minutes of the game before you could go into the sure. locker room. And Marino was at the goal line. It was crazy. Yeah, it's nuts. And, and you hear all, the pads hitting and and all the talking that's going on yes. and the yelling and screaming back and forth and all the shifts and changes and players are moving left and right. It is like organized chaos. She did one of the uh, playoff games this weekend. Okay. Because I remember uh, seeing her ponytail. I was like, oh, there's uh, Sarah Thomas. And I like what the officials do, and I was noticing it more this week than usual. When a fast as you say, fast, violent, quick play happening on the sideline, they'll, before they make the call, they check with another official who's right there too. Like, yeah, they look at each other. Like inbounds, yeah? Yes. I saw inbounds. You saw inbounds? And then every once in a while, whoever has the most power overrules the person. Which makes sense. Yes. That totally makes sense. Got to have the organization, Jerry, on the field. Final break of the hour. One segment to go. It's a short one, but one segment to go. And then Boomer and Geo with a nice long four hours ahead here on The Fan. First, though, a Radio.com Sports Minute. 
by Amy Lawrence, who says congrats to, you know who, Al? Sarah Paulson. Who's Sarah that? Thomas. Sarah Thomas. Who is Sarah Paulson, you jackass? <laughs> Boy, you had a rough hour, huh? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah. Sarah Thomas, Al. We're, let's, let's reset. I'm going to Google Sarah Paulson because I know that's somebody. Uh, of course. Yes, she lives in Alabama somewhere. Hit it, Eddie. Good Lord. It's the dynamic duo of Al and Jerry, the superheroes of WFAN. All right, we got about a minute or so before we get you to the guys. The uh, Devils beat the Rangers 4-3. Devils beat the Rangers 4-3. What else, Al? Jerry, we know Sarah Thomas is the uh, referee. Yes. Uh, Sarah Paulson is an actress. I yes. Googled her. She's I'm sure you did. A terrific actress. actress. Jerry, Why was we lost... she on your name? I'm not sure. Good question. (laughs) I don't have an answer. Jerry, we lost the great Don Sutton, pitcher for, spent most of his career with the Dodgers, but he was on the Astros, the Brewers, the A's, the Angels. I'm always sad, Jerry, when someone passes who was on baseball cards I used to flip or wiffle ball teams I used to pretend to be. Do you realize how many games Don Sutton pitched in? Uh, he's he has quite an extensive career, Jerry. Do you know uh, how, do you know how many? I don't s- have the seven hundred and fifty-six <laughs> games. Oh, Twenty-four oh, hours a day for New York sports and the best games in town. He's the fan.